Well, hello, everybody. Today's guest is Joshua Fulton. He is a serial entrepreneur and the owner of Absorb Health, Coastline Cradle, and probably the biggest SARM company in existence right now, Proven Peptides. You're about to hear Josh tell all kinds of crazy-ass stories from being a broke 30-year-old janitor living off ramen noodles that found massive success to having a bunch of big-ass dudes from the DEA show up to his tiny little house because he bought an encapsulation machine. Now, I do want to apologize in advance because you're going to hear a few vibrations in the background, and that's just Josh's cell phone uh, because he's one busy-ass guy, and that's a few incoming calls during the interview. But I chose to keep them in there to maintain the integrity of the interview. Uh, because Josh basically spills all the beans on how to create a massively successful e-commerce business, this is a great episode for beginning entrepreneurs. So listen up, and without further ado, let the show begin. Welcome to the Leaving Weakness Podcast. <laughs> It's a song. You like discipline. But I've got news for you. You're not gonna have your mommies run behind you anymore and your little tushies. Oh no, it's time now to turn this mush into muscles. I mean, did you ever really see yourself achieving the amount of arguably insane success that you've achieved over the past years? I mean, did you ever dream that you would ever be at this point whenever? You're a, a younger guy. Cause, and the reason why I ask that is because I believe that there's two types of people that become entrepreneurs. Uh, people that were either born different from the rest of the people <laughs> or people that experience something mm. that kind of flips like a switch inside of them that makes them go down that path. You know, I think it's um, it's both of those things. I, I was born different. I think um, I, I didn't want to become a business entrepreneur. I wanted to be a comedian and a writer. Um, and I thought, you know, if you'd asked me when I was 15 years old, what I'd be doing when I was, you know, 38, um, I would have said making movies or producing movies and stuff like that. So I continued along that path for a while. Um, and then I just, I, I got into business after I didn't really have the success in you know creative works so um it's definitely being born different in, in a certain sense um i just always i always wanted freedom you know like i i felt like i was here for a purpose and it wasn't to be you know not not to put this too harshly but to be a slave um that's how i felt when i was you know i was i was a janitor for a minute i i was at NYU, oh, um, like, yep, yeah, yeah. I was like at this fancy school, NYU, and then I I got home and I was a, a janitor at iRobot, the company that makes um the Roombas and stuff like that. And it's just like, is this all that there is in my life? So, I think having that belief of um, you know, you are here for a purpose. You're here, it, God, the Creator, put you here um, to flourish. And, and I've always believed that, you know, uh, the career that I left that I was at for 10 years, even though I had was making great income as like the branch manager of a multi-million dollar huge company. Um, 
it was, you know, I, I had worked several years on building up my rental properties and everything because I knew that I didn't want to wor- keep busting my ass every day to make somebody else rich. And, you know, I had 60 employees underneath me. And what's really bothersome is when you see somebody that you, you, you know they're, they're meant for something more, but you don't think that they'll ever realize that. You know, they'll never yeah. have the opportunity to realize that. I mean, was what, what was it that whenever you were the janitor over there, what was it that took you from being, you know, a struggling comedian to now being like an e-commerce king? Well, just a little funny story, but when I was a janitor, like I was a janitor back in the day um, and Goodwill Hunting had just come out on like DVD and I'm watching Google and I'm like, that's me. He was a janitor. I'm a janitor. Um, but I was, you know, I was an artist during my twenties. And then, um, I, I was dating a girl and she was younger than me. I was in my late twenties. She was like, I don't know, 20 or something like that. And she dumped me and she's like, you're a loser. You don't even have a job. You're in, <laughs> you're in grad school. It's like, I have like a little shitty apartment and, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Um, and then I ran for city council in my town and people were like, you're too broke to be in city council. And it was just like, <laughs> it's the truth. It's like people, it, you have to fit into a certain mold. And, and by that time I was about like 30 years old or maybe even 31. I don't know. And, you know, I kind of got, kind of realized I had to turn things around fast. Um, and I met my now wife and, um, I needed to, I needed to be able to have a family, you know, like you couldn't, I couldn't afford a family. Um, yeah. So yeah, people don't realize how much it costs just to have one kid. (laughs) It's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And to just like, I mean, if it was up to me, like I might be eating ramen and, in the middle of nowhere still, you know, like I don't need a whole lot. Um, but when you have kids and you have a wife, you know, yeah, I try and look out for them. Yeah. There's a certain lifestyle you have to maintain for family. Cause uh, I tell people I can survive on a hundred dollar bill a week, easy, but you know, kids and all that, it adds up. Yeah. yeah. So was at, I mean, was your wife very encouraging you to start these businesses like what what made you to decide to even start your own business um i don't know that she really was encouraging um that much to be honest like she kind of encouraged it but she also kept a distance like i would um i would you know like be in her house filling orders and then you know her oldest sarah um who was like I don't know, seven or eight at the time she would be helping me fill orders and like fill capsules and all that kind of stuff. And she would just be hanging out, um, watching us. But, um, now this, this was absorbed health, right? That was absorbed health. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of just been me to be honest. Well, you know, I mean, do you, you like, did Absorb Health start off as an internet business? 
Yeah, Absorb Health started. Um, so my girlfriend, now my wife, she got cancer, and I was in grad school for poetry. Um, and I was like, I can't make a living as a poet. I want to, you know, create a business. And when she got cancer, I started looking into alternative health things. And then that's what led me to create Absorb Health. Wow. I mean, do you remember what it was like whenever you got your first sale? Because everybody that I've talked to, that's oh my god, was like, it's oh, first so sale incredible. Was like, changed the world. <laughs> it's like light bulbs went off. Like, um, you know, I'm sure some of your audience is like listening. Like, how do I start a business? And I was in there. I was just so nervous for six months. Like, I was working some shitty job, making ten dollars an hour. Um, and goofing off at work like not working like looking at my graphic design uh during the day and it took me like six months before i could i even felt legitimate enough to sell something like if i have one regret is that i waited um that six months and then once i put stuff up on ebay and we started selling it was like it it was incredible it actually happened on 9-11 um so that obviously (laughs) <laughs> it's it stuck out of my mind and then we started coastline kratom on 9-11 a few years later and i tried to start proving peptides on 9-11 not be not because of like 9-11 in particular or anything like that you know it's a terrible thing but it's easy to remember so i'm like oh i started on 9-11 9-11 so so you started absorb health and, and was making your first sales in 2001 uh, it, no, no, it, not, not 2001. Um, it, it was like seven years ago, eight oh, okay. years ago, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not, not on the day of nine 11. It was just okay. not, not the year nine 11, but, um, the day. So after absorb and, and I'm assuming since your wife is still around, like everything kind of got cleared up eventually, right? It got clear. Um, the way that I kind of succeeded is by getting more products. Like if you have one product, you know, you can only sell one thing, but if you have a bunch of different supplements, you know, someone can buy five things from you. So I eventually just started adding more products. Now, the, the the products that you you were getting into is that because of the research that you were doing to help your wife uh, fight the disease that she had at that point. Yeah, for for sure. Like the first thing that made me want to, um, the first product that I wanted was liposomals. So like liposomal vitamin C, uh, that was really popular with you know people who were fighting cancer, and that was my first product. Um, and then after that, we started doing magnesium three and eight. And to this day, that's one of my um, best products. But after that point, um, I started looking for kind of like high value, low competition products. And we started getting into nootropics. So like adrafinil was huge for us. Adrafinil is what built the whole company. Um, wow. For people who don't know, adrafinil is is basically metabolized by your body into modafinil, which is a prescription medication for like narcolepsy. So people take modafinil if they're, you know, studying or, or whatever. And now, it was allowed on. Yeah, to, to kind of interrupt real quick, like 
modafinil is an analog of Adderall, right? It's something like that. It, they're they're closely related. They're they're both for attention. Because I have a a, a, a really good friend that actually is uh, prescribed uh, modafinil, and he actually mm. said that there's something about modafinil that doesn't have the addictive qualities like Adderall. And then he actually he actually claims to actually prefer uh, adrenal over all of them, even the uh, script that he has, because he said it's yeah. just a, a cleaner, more of a supplement type based product. It's very popular, um, and what really made Absorb Health take off is that I didn't see anything on Amazon for adrenal, and yet I didn't see any. It was on the prohibited list. So we were the first people to start selling a Drafinol on Amazon, and that was huge. And then that Amazon listing became number one on Google. So we were basically dominating the internet for a Drafinol. And, uh, you know, that's, we're talking like half a million dollars a year right there. Um, Damn. Damn. I know, I know, from from one little thing. And if, if there's one lesson that I could teach your audience is that, in 99% of cases, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. So if I had gone to Amazon be like, been like, uh, can I put a draftnel on? They probably would have said no. But because I just did it, you know, they eventually removed the listing, but that was it. Yeah. And you know that you say if there's one lesson, you know, that is a common, common theme that I've noticed between a lot of the people that are into similar uh, businesses as you Seth Williams told me a similar thing it's always better to ask for forgiveness just go with your gut and just do it 100% I mean and try not to break any laws <laughs> yes yes it, that has the one that's the one percent that you have to be careful about but yeah especially in fields that you know kratom is you know it's illegal in some states and um research chemicals can't be marketed for internal use so it's not like exactly the safest industries um so in like kind of like a gray area like that you do have to just assume that you have permission um and then if if something happens as a result you have to deal with it after the fact if if you want to deal with bureaucrats and and banks and companies like Amazon waiting to give you permission, you're going to be waiting for a long time. Well, what's, what's the, uh, what is the big drug that's, uh, they're having a problem with, with the FDA or the, uh, DEA right now, the, uh, the one that killed Prince allegedly. Oh, isn't that fentanyl? Yeah. Fentanyl. I think that that yeah. has a lot to do with all of this because I think the, the whole, uh, government, it has a lot of their funding kind of geared towards getting this fentanyl problem resolved. So I think the last thing that they give a shit about right now is someone taking some Austrian or some LGD. <laughs> you know what I mean? I really hope so. You know, I saw a UFC fighter was, um, he got, uh, he got busted for using LGD. He only got like a two month suspension or something like that. I was like, wow, people are really taking it easy on LGD right now. Well, I mean, it's just kind of ridiculous whenever you think about what's what's legal, what's illegal, because, I mean, and this is just my personal opinion, you know, and I might piss some people off, but, you know, 
to me, it's ridiculous that testosterone is illegal because that is, or it's that it's a, a scheduled substance because that's something that the body naturally makes. So theoretically, Josh, you and I are both breaking the law because our nuts are producing testosterone in our bodies right now. <laughs> theoretically, we the have board. a steroid lab in our pants. There you go. No one should turn me on. I'll, <laughs> I'll start breaking the law more. <laughs> But it is legal in other countries. It is legal, I think, in Brazil and then like Turkey. It is crazy what's legal and what's illegal across the world. Like, um, was it DHEA? I think that's illegal in Russia. Melatonin, what? they don't like. Yeah, yeah, I, they don't let you sell melatonin in, um, in the UK. At least they don't let you do it on on Amazon because some of these things are hormones. But at the same time, they'll um. They'll let you sell testosterone like no problem. It's yeah, totally arbitrary. That's why well, I just try and stay alive. People try and like get like in the government's radar and everything. It's like, no, just like keep your head down and work and let people come to you. But, so so was Coastline your, your next big business endeavor after? Yeah. Yeah. And let me just kind of like backtrack a little bit. Um, so like first I started selling on eBay and then I was so scared of selling on Amazon. I was like, Oh my God, Amazon's for the big boys. I'm, I'm not entitled to sell on Amazon. Well, all that you really need to sell on Amazon is like a UPC code, which was a challenge in and of itself. But for anyone listening, just go to eBay and buy a thousand UPC codes for, um, for like 10 bucks. And then you can post on, on Amazon. Um, and we started doing well on eBay and Amazon. Um, and then I got a website and eventually I recruited some good affiliates. All that you have, to, you know, you're a great affiliate. All that you have to do is treat affiliates nicely, pay them when they ask and, you know, and develop a relationship with them. Yeah. So I reached out to a really good, um, affiliate for nootropics and it turned out that she had, she's a very accomplished, um, marketer she had some websites for kratom that were doing great like we're talking like thousands of dollars a day in sales like for kratom and she said i need a better vendor for my kratom website and i'm not a fool i said you know what i will become your kratom vendor and so eventually i got a new website created um only cost me like a thousand bucks or something like that. I think it's still the one that's up. Um, and I started buying kilos of Kratom from other retailers. I didn't even have a wholesale thing. I was just like, all right, well, I have this traffic. If I sell the Kratom for this much, I can buy. I, and I pay, you know, a hundred bucks or whatever from, from another retailer. I'll still make a profit. So I was doing that. I was buying like, a kilo at a time, separating it and selling it. And now of course we buy by the ton. Um, we're like one of the biggest Kratom companies around. Uh, I know. And you know, the thing is, is like some of the people, cause I'm an affiliate for your coastline Kratom as well. Um, mm -hmm. one, something that I, I do hear uh, every now and then is, well, coastline, you know, they're a little bit pricey. And my response to that is always, you fucking get what you pay for because this isn't the bullshit down at the 7-Eleven that's cut with some bullshit. No. Because no. I you mean, guys actually have this shit tested, right? 
Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the benefits of being, um, you know, I'm just kind of like spitballing with your audience. Like this is the reality of starting something Like you start with kind of a bootstrap, but eventually, you know, like we have tons of Kratom, like we import Kratom, we encapsulate Kratom. We, you know, we've become one of the top 10 companies and like with, with Kratom crazy, which I'll get into in a, in a minute as well. You know, we're one of the top five companies. So like, you know, we're doing a lot of Kratom, but that, that was how I began. Um, you know, it's through relationships. Like so much of my whole career has come from just asking people, Hey, do you know anyone who can help me? Hey, do you have an opportunity? Do you have a website or whatever? Um, it's yeah. super important. It, well, like the, the, the whole title of like self-made self-paid, you know, that right. whole slogan it's not always self-made because as you said, every success that I personally ever had has been through developing relationships. Rel- people don't understand sometimes how important it is to maintain your credibility and build those relationships because their quid pro quo is so important. Yeah. Like integrity is the number one thing. I can't tell you how many people have come to me and been like, you're the person I want to work with because I believe you. I believe that you won't steal from me. I believe that we'll work together. And that's always um, worked out really well for me. Yeah. It's not Which working. Is a, and, that, and that's a rarity in the type of businesses you're in. That's probably what set you apart. <laughs> exactly. And I remember when we were, when you, we started first talking, you were like, I can't get a payout unless it was like $5,000 in referrals, which to me is just ridiculous. I think if you're owed money, you know, you're owed money, whether it's $5,000 or 50 cents. Like I literally just about every day of the week, I pay someone out like 15 bucks because they're, they email us saying, Hey, can I have my referrals? Not a big deal to me. Yeah. (laughs) It's a, but that's what they're owed. You know, that is, um, my duty as, as a merchant in the agreement that I created with these people. So when when you're entering into an industry like that, it's not hard to become like a leader, you know, like the business, the merchant that we were talking about, you know, they were a huge, huge company. And then somehow they went down the drain. I don't know, but, um, that's kind of, you know, a lot of the problems with that vendor was, you know, I was doing all this, you know, I was using their products. Their products were working okay. Some of them, eh, not so much, so I didn't really market them. But, you know, it was kind of a hit or miss. The ones that worked, worked great. The ones that didn't, didn't work worth a shit. And then, you know, I reached out to you because, uh, you know, I stumbled upon your website. And I was like, man, their stuff looks great. They've got current third-party testing, which the company I was working with. They had third-party testing, allegedly, but it looked like the the third-party testing came from their supplier in China because everything was written in Chinese. And, um, you know, the, 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 all of their pages had one, uh, like, HPCL or one purity document done that was from right. like two years prior. It's like, no way that those were the same batches. And I started looking on your website and I was like, oh, they're doing this for every single batch, you know, and they're not saying everything's 99.99% purity because everybody knows that's bullshit. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thank you to you and your audience and people like your audience. Proven peptides has become huge. I mean, I don't know if it's the biggest arms business out there, but I mean, it's the biggest business that I have right now. And it's only a couple years old. And the reason for that is just because what you're talking about, people in, in the field are so desperate for integrity and transparency and just decency in relationships. You know, I have some great affiliates who, you know, were not making very much money, even though they were making the merchant thousands and thousands of dollars. So yeah. um, proven peptides has just exploded into this massive business. Because well, I remember... I remember whenever you sent me that first care package and you told me, I'd like for you to try this MK667, you know, that's really popular. And I tried it from the, some previous vendors, never experienced anything. And I remember the first night after I took that, man, my hands were tingly. I was hungry as shit. And I was like, wow, this is what a real growth hormone secretagogue is supposed yeah. to feel like. Holy shit. You're, I think I you're going to be hungry. <laughs> Exactly. You're going to be hungry if you have our uh, 677, for sure. Um, not for human consumption, <laughs> but if, yeah, I mean, if it, some... was my, it, it wasn't me that took it, it was my lab. <laughs> yes, exactly. If your lab rat uh, consumes it, it will be very hungry. But, uh, you know, I just, and yeah, I just don't think people understand how little regulation there is in research chemicals. And that's probably one of the reasons why you've became the dominant force is because to me, it's one of the reasons why I even reached out to you is like, you all actually had a customer service telephone number. You know, yeah. you all had a money back guarantee. Like no one else was doing that. Most of these companies don't even have a damn email. I know. Yeah. It's scary. Some. So did did you like decide that you were going to do all the things that everybody else wasn't? I decided we were going to be decent, you know, like coming from, um, absorb health, you need to have everything tested. You know, it's, it is a scandal if you don't have your products tested. Like when we send our powders out to, um, you know, the contract manufacturer, they have to test it. So when I looked at all these companies, um, I was, I was shocked that they didn't have any testing and, you know, through my relationships with different people, um, I had a merchant account broker who, who knows how much people are doing, you know, he said, Sorry. a merchant account broker who, who knows how much people are doing because he, and he knew how much money there was in SARMs and he kind of yeah. talked me into it a little bit. Um, and he even wanted to become a partner in the business. Uh, eventually we didn't do that, but yeah, he, he told me, he said, there's a lot of money in SARMs and eventually um, we got into it. I, I started doing jujitsu um, 10 years ago and then I stopped because of a rib injury. And then I started again, you know, like right before I, I started doing um, proven peptides and I was like, fuck, I got another rib injury. Am I going to get sidelined because of this? And I was like looking at things for like tendon strength and like bone strength and all that kind of stuff. I, I had started doing jujitsu. I'm like, am I going to get sidelined again um, by an injury? And eventually I became a customer and that was important for me to like morally agree with it. Like 
I had another website um, selling Eddie Zolam. Have you ever heard of Eddie Zolam? Eddie Zolam. No. It's basically like Xanax. It's, okay. it's basically like an, impro- it's an improved version of Xanax. It's also a research chemical. Um, I was selling it. We started ranking number one on, or not number one, but we started ranking on the first page um, for a bunch of stuff. But I just didn't feel right about it. Um, you know, I felt like it was being used as like a recreational party drug. And I had, I had this customer who was coming in and like, he seemed strung out and all this kind of stuff. So I just didn't feel right about it. Um, so I'm morally agreeing with something is important for me to, to feel. Some people might think, Oh, morally agreeing with Kratom and, and SARMs. How can you do that? But I know firsthand, um, how many people Kratom has helped, you know, I've seen it with my own eyes and SARMs I think are great for everyone, but professional athletes who, yeah. who shouldn't be taking it. Yeah. The thing with Kratom is, or Kratom, however you want to pronounce it, uh, is you have to be intelligent about how you use it. You have to cycle off of it just like anything, or you will gain a tolerance and the reliability on it because of the way that it affects the opioid receptors. We had this, uh, this kind of tragic story. Like back in the day, the DEA was um, talking about scheduling uh, Kratom. And how do I tell that? How do I tell this story without um, divulging the person? So this person had seen how many orders we were doing. Right. And they started asking about like, what what we did and we talked, we talked to them about Kratom and they said, Oh, that's interesting. Then they went away. And then they saw when the DEA was, um, was going to make it illegal, our orders spiked. Like we did like four to six months of orders, uh, in one month. And they said, what's going on? Why do you guys have so many orders? And I said, well, they're going to be making it illegal possibly. And this person said, Oh, um, Hmm. And then they just walked away again. Then we didn't see them for a while. And they came back and they said, oh, what happened to the Kratom? I thought that was going to be illegal. And, and we said, no, it wasn't. You know, there was so much resistance. Um, you know, the government didn't make it illegal. And this person, she just threw up her hands and she said, I told my son about Kratom. He was addicted to heroin. He took Kratom. He got off of heroin. He had stayed with me for like two weeks in a row, didn't go out. You know, he was great. And then I told him that it was going to become illegal. He stopped taking Kratom. He went back on heroin. And because he wasn't used to heroin or anything anymore, he overdosed and died. So I've seen... Oh, no. Isn't that tragic? She was a very nice woman. And you just feel so much sorrow for the senseless tragedy caused by, like, the government meddling in our business. Well, you know... um... I can't remember his name, but there there was a documentary several years ago called Bigger, Faster, Stronger that was like a steroid documentary that Mark Bell's little brother did. And mm-hmm. um, he ended up doing, after that, he ended up doing a documentary called um, Prescription Thugs. Have you, are you Thugs. familiar with that? No, I'm sorry. I didn't hear what you just said. Yeah, uh, after Mark Bell's little brother did the Bigger, Faster, Stronger documentary, he did another documentary called Prescription Thugs, which was basically how big farm and the government, you know, are, are all meddling in our health and are trying to keep everybody hopped up on these pharmaceutical drugs. And 
while he was filming this documentary, he actually got addicted to opioids. Hello. <laughs> and the he was I actually he, to prescription thugs. Yeah, prescription thugs was the documentary that he did after Bigger, Faster, Stronger. And while he was filming this documentary, he actually got addicted to opioids from being around all oh, these wow. uh, addicts. And he has uh, recently been on um, Joe Rogan's podcast, and he had talked about the only thing that got him off of all these prescription uh, opioids was using Kratom. Yeah, I want to send some some free samples to Joe Rogan. Joe, if you're (laughs) out there, I listen to your podcast, and uh, I want to send you some crap pretty soon. I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast every day. And, you know, Joe Rogan has really brought a lot of these, um, you know, kind of unusual substances that are kind of outside of the mainstream to, to the public in a lot of ways. Um, that's where I first heard about. Yeah. Yeah. The whole alpha brain thing. Yeah. Yeah. Even though you got to take like 10 times the suggested amount for it to actually work. <laughs> He's just better off buying some uh, yeah. oxyracetam off your website and buying that shit. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, he's part owner in in that. I think he gets paid pretty well. I believe. You know, one thing if if you feel comfortable going into it, could you kind of because a lot of people email me about certain things with a lot of the companies that I work with, and I just don't think that they understand what a pain in the ass it is for companies like proven peptides to even exist, what it actually takes for you guys to even operate. Like as far as like credit card merchants and things like that, people have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you found out the hard way. I believe you, you were starting out something and you, you kind of found out the government um, involvement but um, it, my, my path was initially pretty easy. You know, I started selling on eBay, then I started selling on Amazon. And I was like, wow, this is, I'm going to be coasting to success. And then um, I sold on my website, and that's where it started getting difficult. So if anyone out there wants an easy way for e-commerce, you know, you can just sell on Amazon, and, and there you go. Um, First, I got, I had a little bit of trouble getting a processor for absorbyourhealth.com because of Drafinol, um, because of antiracetam, all that kind of stuff. They just didn't like it. But eventually, like we got credit, it. You're talking about like a credit card processor for the people that don't. Yeah, yeah, a credit card processor. And, and that's not the only problem. You know, like even um, AdWords, like Google AdWords. They prohibit certain things. So you can't advertise for, um, you know, Kratom or SARMs on AdWords. Miraculously, we got um, an ad for Coastline on Facebook a while ago. And people are bitching about everything on Facebook. Um, but, oh. <laughs> th- th- oh, dude, it's, I-, I hate it. I mean, I hate Reddit. I hate um facebook like people are just so negative like if you want to waste your time go on on facebook and and reddit well um, i think if you want to see um companies I'm, I'm i fuck it i'm just gonna say it josh for the whole world to hear it if you want to go see companies like ice arms put their shields out there to use some slanderous yeah, bullshit that's to, yeah that's what it is oh my uh, god companies like i don't ice have time 
Yeah. So yeah. For people that are listening, We're- I'm just going to tell you what's really going on here. Fuck it. I'm, I'm, I just want everybody to know. Companies like Ice Arms has all these fucking little shills, and what they do is they get on Reddit, and they sit there, and they ask like their actual customers that have bought stuff from people like Neuroids and Proven Peptides, and they say, I got this, it came damaged, or it didn't work, this company's bullshit. And then if you keep reading, they'll eventually plug going to some place like Ice Arms. Now, I'm not saying it's Dylan Jamelli, but it's the fucking people working for them. And it's shills. That's what they do. It's negative ad campaigns. That's all it is. You cannot trust. And I've experienced it. Yeah, I've experienced with Absorb Health. I've experienced this with other things. Like, luckily, we're so far ahead of the pack with Proven that they can't criticize us that much because they don't even have had the things that we have. But you're right. Like, ugh, I, I despise that stuff. And um, if I wanted to. If I wanted to tweak like the last, you know, 20 to 30 to even 50% of earnings revenue out of my company, I could, you know, triple the amount of time that I spent on these things and really get into for marketing and, and do that kind of bullshit that they do, you know, like creating all these accounts, but I want to live my life. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to spend, I don't want to spend three times more effort to get, half the money or something like that. Um, but there, there are a lot of obstacles specific to being in high risk industries, which is a banking term, high risk industries, you know, is, is advertising, um, is merchant accounts. So I, I had a, a good merchant account for, um, absorb. And then they somehow found out that I also ran coastline Kratom and they said, because you're you're running Kratom in an other company, you can't have a merchant account for Absorb Health. So they took it away. Imagine imagine how I felt. I had I had a a space, I had employees, and I had no merchant account. I had no way to accept um I had no way to accept funds. And that's happened more than once. Um and then you have to go into kind of the high risk world of um, merchant accounts, which dude, I don't, I don't even want to get into it, but I've been stolen from at least seven times. Now are you I have about like the so, e-check systems and stuff. No, it, it, e-check is actually pretty good um, because it goes like right into your account. But yeah. so um, let me see how I can describe it how like certain credit card vendors reach out and and i'm just telling because people do need to know this certain credit card vendors will reach out to high risk companies and say well we'll process from you and then all of a sudden the credit card companies just disappear and take all your fucking money yes (laughs) yes so exactly so let's say that you're you have a kratom company kratom has been deemed brand damaging by visa and mastercard right and then, yeah. which means that they don't want to process for it. Of course, any shop that you go into, retail shop, they're going to sell you Kratom with your Visa or MasterCard because they're not, they're not disclosing it. Um, yeah, they're saying tobacco yeah. sales. Yeah, yeah, they're saying it's what's up, whatever. But on the internet, we, we don't have the luxury of that. So you have to deal with people who are like, oh, we found a way around it. We're out of Mexico. In Mexico, Kratom isn't illegal. So we're going to process for you. And it's like, okay, fine. 
and then you get paid, I don't know, you get paid 75% of your money. And then sometimes they steal from you. Like yeah, this has happened to me. Probably don't realize, a lot of people probably don't realize how much free product they get that you were never paid for. Yes. Right, Josh? <laughs> this is probably the most embarrassing story of my entire business career, but I'm going to tell it on here. So remember when I said that we did like four to six months worth of sales when uh, the DA said that they were going to make Kratom illegal. We didn't yeah. get paid for any of that. I had so many people in my office, um, scooping Kratom, you know, like we're talking like kilograms of Kratom. I, I, you know, went up to my friend's place. I said, do you have any Kratom? I literally drove it back with my car. I'm like busting my ass to get all this Kratom to get it out to the customers. We didn't get paid shit. Uh, yeah, because they, they kept it. It was like, Oh, the company went out of business. One was called merchant worthy. Anyways, this is, (laughs) this is a, a private, um, problem that i deal with but the, the people but should the, know that the, the thing it, is it's, though, it's that a, is a common reoccurrence between other of uh, the, the other companies that are still around you know that you have, have been good to enough tough. to still exist you know it it happens you have to be tough you have to be innovative you have to be willing to create a system that will work i mean like a payment system um you know, you have to cobble together different methods that will work, which you can see on our websites right now, you know, which isn't limited to just Bitcoin. Um, but yeah, like it, when you're dealing with Kratom, when you're dealing with SARMs, when you're dealing with nootropics, when you're dealing with Eddie Zolum, um, the reward can be high, but you have to, it, it, it's a lot of struggle. You know what I mean? It's not like, Oh man, we ran out of paper for the printer. It's like, oh man, the fucking FBI is at our door. The fucking we have tweakers coming by wanting product. Like I, I've never been visited by the FBI or DEA, but I've known people in Kratom who have had the DEA um, bust their chops because they're just a big company. Like with Kratom, um, they're talking about like all the salmonella thing and. I believe that's a way simply to try and regulate um, Kratom. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. Like they're saying that's that. A fear tactic. It's a fear tactic. Yeah, yeah. Well, well that's kind of their backdoor to regulate Kratom. Like they don't have the right to regulate Kratom right now since it's not for human consumption. But if something has salmonella in it, that gives them the right to regulate it. So they went into some of the biggest. Um, Kratom warehouses and you know like they seized 14 tons of product 14 tons yeah we're talking a lot of money um so you know these are not the normal problems that a big 20 or 50 million dollar business would have to deal with like a big 20 or 50 million dollar business would you know they'd be in the rotary club typically and they'd be shaking hands at you know, all the local meetings, we as Kratom merchants, you know, we're kind of in the shadows a little bit more. Yeah. Well, one thing that I wanted to ask you is what your, because I'm sure you're going to have something to say about this, is what are your thoughts on the current status of the healthcare system? Because I personally believe 
that people are looking for the things like what you're selling because they realize that this whole thing is a fucking sham because people are starting to wake up to the fact that their doctors and their healthcare providers, all they want to do is either get them addicted to a drug or they want to slice them open. They don't actually want to cure them. They just want to treat them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've experienced that, you know, we had to go to the emergency room um, a while ago and, they gave this person a morphine drip for no reason. And they just like kicked them out. It's like, wait a second. There's, there's a big problem here. Um, preventative medicine is a big thing with me. You know, I, I call the company absorb health um, because it's about health. It's not about supplements. You know, I still have a dream of expanding and doing just health related things besides supplements, like even, even getting hydroponics in there like, gardening, fitness, like working out, all that kind of stuff. Um, you got to prevent problems before they occur. Um, and that's, that's one thing you never see. You never see talk, like talking about like, I guess you do hear people about talking about eating, right? But just, just so many things aren't prevented. They're just treated when they're life threatening injuries. Yeah. The damage has already been done in most of those instances. You know, I'm hoping for breakthroughs, you know, I'm hoping for like stem cells. Like I want to get stem cells and PRP and who knows CRISPR, if it ever becomes safe, like CRISPR is a way for them to edit DNA. Oh man. You know, I have hopes. Like the stuff they're doing with CRISPR is mind blowing. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. I figure if Ray Kurzweil thinks that he can live forever, I might as well entertain the notion myself. Yeah. You know, that's one of the reasons, you know, I know it's called proven peptides because it's probably, I would assume it's easier to get uh, processing for peptides than it was. I'm so so stupid. (laughs) I'm so stupid. I thought it was the same thing. I was so naive. Like this is kind of like learning to fly as you're falling. I'm like, oh man, proven peptides. That's that's a catchy name. I didn't even and people are like, why aren't you selling peptides? I'm like, oh, wait a second. For a minute, I thought SARMs were peptides. <laughs> so yeah, I just I mean, like I'm, the name. I'm a big fan of peptides. Like, I, I use them daily. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the show or that the movie Dallas Buyers Club with Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, I did. I, mean, I love that. I mean, I mean, the fact that that guy lived in an additional six years whenever they gave him yeah. months to live, and he was using all those peptides and stuff to that, stay alive. Medicine, you know, he's he's even talking about like omega threes in that movie. You know, like you need to do other things besides the standard of of care. Um, you know, yeah. I, I really when people combined alternative and traditional medicine. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge advocate of spirulina. I think that is a amazing supplement. Amazing supplement. Um, you know, that really kind of. T- now, do you guys sell that at Absorb Health? Do you sell sell? We used to. <laughs> we used to. We used to. See, this is back in the day before, like when we were a little bit ghetto. Like I, we would package that shit in my garage, me and my my daughter, <laughs> and and that will cover you. And they stain that stuff green, or if it's just naturally that green, but it will cover you in green. Um, we we sell it. I get form. Yeah, I get the like the pellets, like the the tablets from like Amazon. Yeah. You can get like a bag of like a thousand of them for like twenty bucks, 
And, uh, yeah. man, you put your hand in that bag, it looks like uh, you fingered the green giant. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I mean you, like yeah. every time I stick my hand in that bag, it comes out stained green. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. But, but I know yeah. it takes the place of a lot of different things, and nu- nutrient profile is amazing on it. But, um, you know, with all the stuff that you're involved in, I mean, do you still believe that the the SARMs industry is going to be around for a little bit longer, or do you yeah, feel like the expiration date's approaching quick? No, no, I, I think it's fine. I think the biggest problem was Warren Hatch, and then he retired. Warren Hatch, who had actually saved the supplement industry, became a threat to um, SARMs. It, pe- people have always been talking about, oh, it's is going to go away. I think one problem was that a big company was being a real provocateur with the FDA kind of, you know, like spitting in their face a little bit. Um, I think if, if they try and do anything with research chemicals, it, it would open the door for a lot of other problems within pharmaceuticals. Cause I'm sure there are a bunch of drugs in development that fall into the category of, of these research chemicals. Well, so how are I they going to do so? Mm-hmm. I, 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 one thing that I do know is like, and this is, this is just me thinking logically. Um, you know, these SARMs were developed for a reason, you know, and some of them are still in clinical trials. And once you make something a scheduled three substance, that automatically destroys the value of that product. You know, mm-hmm. and the last right. thing that these pharmaceutical companies are going to do is allow these items, in my opinion, to become a Schedule Three substance. Because even things like Rad 140, which is my favorite SARM, hands down, I love that shit. Um, I don't know if you've seen the research that's being carried out on that right now uh, for the nootropic properties, but they're actually looking at Rad 140 as a cure for Alzheimer's right now. There's a lot of really crazy research on that. I hadn't seen that, but that is incredible. I'll look more into that. Yeah, apparently it's, it has something to do with the way that the androgen receptors in the brain uh, cause dementia and other things, and how RAD140 is one of the SARMs that affects the androgen receptors in the brain. It's something about how they're like really seeing some really insane results in treating Alzheimer's. And, you know, every time that I've used RAD140, I almost feel like a little bit of a, a nootropic quality, just just a little bit. Like, I, I feel like I'm a little bit sharper. And, of course, that is also awesome with the amazing physical effects that come along with my rat taking RAD140 as well. But, um, but you know, it, it always seems like anything that's innovative – that can actually cure problems. There's always someone trying to demonize that, mm-hmm. especially with like Carterin, because the whole cancer fear, which you know, I sh- I told you about the article that I wrote on that. Yeah. All cancer fear wasn't because of the Carterin. It's because the the very last study that was published on that in 2007, they also added another compound to the study, which is a DMBA, which is a known carcinogen that actually accelerates tumor tumor growth for cancer studies. And I, I really feel like they, they botched that intentionally because Carterin was curing all these metabolic issues and 
they were like, hey, you know, this is going to affect the sales of like 12 other things. Let's get this the hell out of here. <laughs> you know, that's crazy. I, I had heard that it was the dose, that the dose was so large that it might have had that effect. I didn't know about that other thing being inside of it. Yeah, it's like called like 712 or so. I probably murdered the name of that, but, mm-hmm. but the dose was also really crazy because the they were given the rats like five milligrams or something on a daily basis. And if you think a rat only weighs an ounce, if even that, and you compare that to a human being, that's like giving a human being like 10,000 milligrams of the shit a day. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's around to say, you know, like I said before, it, you know, take this with a grain of salt, but I think everyone should be taking this stuff. You know, I think it's good for everyone, not not just for the nootropic uh, properties, like you said, like for the muscle building properties, for the tendon properties, for like the mood properties, like all this kind of stuff. You know, rats really benefit uh, from that. Today's sponsor is Proven Peptides. Proven Peptides is the industry leader in high quality American-made SARMs. While other SARM companies claim to give you pure and tested SARMs like RAD140 and LGD, these folks actually prove it by third-party testing each and every damn batch of product and then publishing the results on their website for the entire world to see. They also offer a money-back guarantee and a one-day handling period, as well as an over-the-phone customer service department where you actually get to speak to a damn human being. So if you're looking for high-quality SARMs and other research chemicals like S4, Cardron, and MK677, go to ProvenPeptides.com and enter the discount code LEAVEWEAKNESS. Again, that's discount code LEAVEWEAKNESS to receive 10% off your entire order. Going back to the whole entrepreneurial thing, I mean, is there – because, I mean, obviously being in like the quote-unquote gray area type, type businesses – I know that there's walls that you've hit. So how do you, how have you dealt with, with those things without smashing your head up against a wall? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, this isn't for everyone, you know, it's, um, it is a high risk, high reward type field. And I'm sure there are a lot of things out there that are like that, you know, like glassware, uh, CBD, cannabis is going to become like that um even gambling um but for me the most difficult thing was i started with nothing you know like i i was making ten dollars an hour this is in grad school like i was doing i was doing stand-up and improv comedy in in new york and then i got kicked out of my my improv group um and i was like well fuck this i have to go to grad school and get a get a graduate degree i thought that was somehow earn me a living. I was making 10 bucks an hour and I decided to start my business and I got ripped off right from the beginning. Like I had, like I had $7,000 or something like that saved. And they, I ordered a bunch of different products and they sent me all resveratrol, which is a great product, product, but it's like, we didn't want all resveratrol. I wanted a bunch of different things. So it's like, then they refused to refund me. They said, Oh, well, resveratrol costs more than, this other thing so we don't owe you anything i'm like oh god so that was probably that was the first problem right from the very beginning but um you know i didn't have very much we were making things with like we don't do this nowadays we use totally legit gmp things but we were making things with like a handheld capsule 
thing. Oh man, I bet that took forever. Those things are a pain in the ass. Yeah, I mean, dude, I remember watching The Godfather Part Two all through the night. First, I think I watched Godfather Part One, and then I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna watch Godfather Part Two. I, I worked all through the night, like making capsules, all this kind of like crazy shit, and then. Um, I I wouldn't even shower during the day. Like I started, I moved in with my wife and I was working so hard, like making the capsules, bottling everything, selling on Amazon, all that kind of stuff. I would drive everything to the post office and I hadn't even showered for the day. I would show up at the post office like a crazy person right at four o'clock, my hair a mess and I would hand them trash bags of stuff. And eventually they were like, you know, we can pick this up at your house, right? I was like, oh, well, that saved me some time right there. <laughs> it's like so many things I didn't know. Like you have you have to just go forward and learn as you're doing it. But that was a long way for me to get to this one instance. The number one time that was most difficult for me was, you know, things were really taking off. I had my first employee. We were still working out of our house. It was it was my sister-in-law. And um things were just really hard. And I said, I bought a capsule making machine, a semi-automatic capsule making machine. And it cost me, I forget if it cost me like seven grand or something, you know, which was a whole lot of money um, for me at that time. And it took months, like we're talking months, like four, like four to six months to get it here. And then <clears throat> the state DEA or whatever it is, they came to my house and then four sheriff's deputy, deputies came to my house because they thought I was running a meth lab yeah. because I, I was importing this capsule making machine. So not only do I have to wait, you know, months as like things are getting busier and busier, you know, all this has happened over a short period of time over seven years. And so over six, six months is, you know, we got really busy. And then these fucking huge guys, like they're all like football players or whatever, practically hitting the ceiling of our little house. They're like, walking around thinking that we're running a meth lab because I'm importing this um, machine. And they said, you had to report it to the DA whenever you're importing a machine, which I didn't know about. I, I had looked up the FDA regulations and there was no rule on, you know, notifying the FDA about importing a capsule making machine, but apparently it's different with the DA. So these guys came into my house, yada, yada, yada. And then I'm like, finally, I have my machine. I had to pay a $5,000 fine as well because it was, oh God. I don't even know. So we're talking $12,000 for this machine. Then I'm like some poet dropout, you know, like improv comedian who doesn't know about industrial machines. I get this industrial machine thing. It's going to work like no problem. No, it is a huge problem. I have my friend come over. We set everything up this shit like stops at every moment. Like if you've ever seen these semi-automatic capsule making machines, they're like super complicated. There's like three parts. There's a capsule loading part. There's anyways, <laughs> all that time and the shit doesn't work. So at that point, like I tried it for three days. We're almost getting kicked off of Amazon because we're getting behind in the orders. I, I talked to my wife and I said, you know, I, I might just give up because I had done better, um, you know, in the past few months, like working at that 
I would have been all right. And she just looked at me like I was nuts. You know, like, what are you going to do? Go back to being a janitor or go back to, you know, making $10 an hour doing data entry. And that was like the one day um, that I, I truly considered like ending it. Um, but there was a silver lining to that because I started looking at um, contract manufacturers. So that allowed me to, um, when we when we went to a contract manufacturer, it allowed me to find all the capsules myself and and allow for the expansion that we've experienced. Yeah, you know, something that I learned in real estate whenever I started buying rental properties, which I know that you do some of that too, so you you'll know what I'm talking about. But you just tell me if you agree with this this concept. I kind of feel like based off of what I've experienced, every mistake that takes place is just kind of needs to be looked at as a really expensive fucking learning lesson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've had that. We, we got a nine unit, um, a nine unit like building and dude, people were making meth. Like someone blew up their apartment. They were like making meth or something on their stove. And we were like, all right, I'm not going to do that again. We're going to stay in the nice uh, areas. But if people want, if you want an idea of running a businesses, like a, a business that like grows very quickly, watch Silicon Valley on HBO It's hilarious. And it's like everything that can go wrong will go wrong. And you just have to find some way to get around it. Yeah. You know, everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Now, is is that the thing that you wish you had kind of done differently or like through everything that you experienced or is there something else that like, or do you think you would have done something sooner? Well, I, I was thinking about this before talking to you today. I was like, if I, if I have one thing to tell people it, you know, about one type of business, I might go into affiliate marketing uh, because you don't have to, you don't have to deal with, um, you know, payment processors and all that kind of stuff. But like, now that I'm talking to you, I don't know that I would do that. You know, um, it's kind of, it might just be worth it to be in a high risk field. Yeah. Even though you have to go through all these difficult things. It's always Um, good to do your due diligence and talk to people like you or people that have an understanding of what people go through like me to know what they're getting into before they get started, you know? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I bef- when I first started using these sort of compounds, I never would have thought that you people like you and Seth Williams and all those guys have to go through the amount of bullshit that you guys have to go through just to even exist. It really is insane. People, people, you know, every time someone says something about, well, I didn't have the most favorable experience with this company, I'm just like, you should be grateful that you even got to buy that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be like, woe is me. Um, because like I've achieved largely what I want to achieve, um, you know, within business and I'm only 38. Um, I'm trying to do other things now. I'm trying to like, hopefully do more charitable things. Um, you know, instead of pursuing money right now. So let me ask you a, f- a few questions, and these are kind of selfish questions based off the experiences that I've had in my life. But I, th- I personally feel like a lot of guys are going through this like emptiness, 
within them. And I personally yes. feel that's because men biologi- biologically are meant to achieve and meant to create. And, you know, I personally went through a period in my life where I was just like, man, this just this nine to five you know, wage slave thing just doesn't feel right, you know, and then I started reading books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and all that stuff just kind of found their way to me. But, you know, if there's someone out there that's listening to this right now that just feels like they're unfulfilled and that they were meant for something bigger, but they didn't know what to do, what would you tell them? Look within yourself and find what you want to do. You know, you have to follow your own beat. You know, not everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur. Um, some people are meant to be a poet. Some people are meant to be, I don't even know, like a an airplane pilot or whatever. You have to find what you want to do and pursue it. And if you don't, you're just going to be depressed. Yeah. And, you know, it's so crazy because of the Internet. Because of the Internet. I mean, there's a million opportunities that weren't available 10 years ago to people. I mean, now arguably is the greatest time ever to start a business. Is Yeah. I mean, it could even be the greatest time to be alive in general, you know, like um, money, 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 you know, it's like you're chasing money and then I have all this money. What does it mean if my kid isn't happy? You know what I mean? So like is is passion like I I got into starting my business because I I want to express myself you know like I want to be creative I don't want to have someone tell me like literally clean up the trash from this trash can or or literally do this like a uh, uh, data entry you know like I have created a business and a work environment that's like totally awesome you know, like we have so much fun at work. Um, so it's, it's kind of about creating my own lifestyle rather than like just becoming a multimillionaire. And here's the problem about like trying to become a multimillionaire too. It's like, all right, so I want a million dollars. Oh my God, if I had a million dollars, I'd be, I'd be a billionaire or, you know, I'd be like the richest person ever. And then you get a million dollars and that's all I need $5 million. And then it's $10 million. Like I've literally been through that same thing. Um, I've gotten to the point where I want to be able to live off of interest. You know, like that, that was my progression. You know, oh, I want a million dollars. I want $5 million. I want $10 million. And um, if I want more than $10 million, I'm probably going to have to jump off a bridge. You know what I mean? Like, because you, you can live off of the interest on $10 million, you know, like, uh, inflation is 2%. You can have, you can have a 3.1% CD right now or 2.7% CD. And you're still making like 70,000 to a hundred thousand in interest. So, um, you need to stop and smell the roses, which is easier said than done. I applaud those people who are just following their passion. You know, like it's not just about money. Um, some of those guys are going to be like, heartbroken at the end of their lives because they didn't spend enough time with their kids or they didn't follow their, their true passion. Um, but financial security is, is important, especially when you have a family and, you know, um, 
entrepreneurship is the way to do it. Whether you're just like, you know, clearing uh, snow, you know, like, you know, you're like getting snow off the street or you're doing a lawn care business or you're doing an e-commerce business. The way to do it, I believe, is through entrepreneurship for, for so many people. You know, some people are meant to be employees. That That's great. You know, like my mom was an employee for her whole life and, and she didn't want to run a business. And, you know, my, my dad, um, he did some real estate investing and he was an employee and all that kind of stuff. But um, for there should be a lot more entrepreneurship than we see. You know, if you look at the, the entrepreneurship levels per, per 10,000, it's been decreasing for a while. You know, it was, used to be like 12 out, out of every thousand, then it got below 10. And who knows where it is now? You know, there's just this, um, whether it's the government creating red tape or it's kind of this crisis of confidence in people where they don't feel worthy to create their own business, um, we got to get over it. You know, yeah, you got to get over it and seize, and seize your life. Yeah, I mean, at one yeah. point, I don't even think you used to have to ask the government to start your own business. <laughs> now you certainly well, do. Yeah, I, it can be simpler than, than you think. You know, like people will say to me, oh, what's your business license? I'm like, business license? I don't need a fucking business license. Like I incorporated, but... If you're doing retail, then you might need a business license. But if you're doing something on the internet, you don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to, just to start an LLC to get, like, legal protection and a tax benefits, man, you can do that for, like, I don't even think you need 100 bucks to get that done on the internet with, like, LegalZoom. I mean, it's yeah. super easy. <laughs> it, it's super easy. I can't tell you how many DBAs I have in my county. Like, we literally have eight DBAs or something like that. Um and that costs like $15 a DBA, like just for like the photocopier and processing thing. It's like, go there, get a DBA, your, your county, and then you can get a business bank account and then just go knock on doors and, and ask if they need something. Yeah. And if, for anybody that's not listening, you know, I think you're talking about like just doing like a sole proprietorship, doing business as, you know, like you can go down yeah. to your local courthouse and pay. I think I paid when I first started doing my rental properties years ago, I didn't know you know, exactly which way to go as far as setting up an LLC. And I was like, well, I'm not going to let an LLC stop me from doing this. You know, so I went to the local courthouse, yeah. got a sole proprietorship for $10 as a DBA, and then yeah. transferred that it, as an if, LLC. If we have a title to this podcast, it should be learn to fly as you're falling. You know what I mean? You have to get out there and do it and then learn as you're doing it. Don't let analysis paralysis stop you from doing what you want to do. Analysis paralysis. That's a damn good <laughs> little thing right there. Cause I feel like that's, that's really a, a huge issue is because people will even look at like the incorporation of their business and almost use that as a excuse not to even get started. I went through it. You know, I was telling you before, it's like six months before I started selling as Absorb Health. You know, I was like, am I worthy to sell as Absorb Health? Am I worthy to um, have a business? And eventually with much fear, I got into it and now I have no fear. You know, I start, I start stuff all the time. Oh, do I want to get into real estate? Yeah, of course I do. Do I want to get into, you know, selling to retail places? Yeah, of course. My friend wants to talk to about starting a retail business. I mean, like I have five e-commerce companies, like 
once I got over it, it is, is so much fun. It's so much fun. You feel like you're riding a wave, you know, like your life changes from like, I, I don't know, restriction to exploration. You never know what's going to come. Was there any tools that you had along the way that you would recommend to people that are interested in starting their business? I know, I know you mentioned the show, uh, Silicon Valley, but were there any books or any podcasts that you listened to that kind of really helped set a fire under your ass? Yeah. Um, it, th- this is for people who are into the internet, you know, warrior forum is a good one. Black hat world is a good one. Um, and then smart passive income. That's a good one with Pat Flynn. Oh, uh, those that three is a kind great of great website. Great website he has. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I listened to quite a few of those um, podcasts. I saw his financial reports, and I was so motivated by his financial reports. Um, but those things will provide the the jumping off points that you need. You know, like there was a website that was um, big at the time. It was called Social Triggers. You know, and they would teach you about conversion rate optimization. But now I think that it's not even around anymore. So every few years, you know, there are new people coming out trying to teach you things. And if you go to forums like um, Warrior Forum or um, or Black Hat World, they'll they'll you know tell you what those new websites are. Were there any books or anything that you'd recommend to people that are more into like reading? I, w- I wish. Um, <laughs> My accountant was Diane Kennedy, um, who wrote for the Rich Dad Poor Dad thing. Uh, really, I, I wow. really, yeah, yeah. She's she's awesome. Um, I encourage people to learn about taxes. You know, like if you if you're learning about like um, the internet, you want to go to the internet. You don't want. I have one stupid book about SEO, and I'm like, why am I reading a book about internet marketing? It it just didn't feel right. But if you want to learn about taxes, um, read a book read a book by Diane Kennedy or um, the rich dad, poor dad. They have a lot of stuff about investing. Yeah. That's always my um, go-to book for people that are interested in like starting their own path is just read the, you know, read the book, rich dad, poor dad, or at least listen to the audio book. I think you probably listen to it on YouTube for free and not pay a, a damn yeah. dime for it. I mean, the tools are out well, there if you're willing to, to do it, you know? See, like, this is an example of like creative thought. Like I was, I was finally doing well financially. I was like, I need a good accountant, but who really knows about this stuff? I literally called the author of the book and I said, will you be my accountant? She said, yeah, absolutely. That's what I do. So think outside the box and and they have a bunch of, um, they have a bunch of stuff about tax avoidance. Um, You know, it just, they talk about real estate as well. Um, You know, what type of income gets ta- uh, gets taxed at different rates, how to lower your tax bill, all that kind of stuff. So, so that's important. Like making your money is important. And I've always gone to, you know, the internet and, and YouTube for ideas. Um, but then preserving your money is also important. And then growing your money is also important, um, which I learned uh, on the internet as well. You know, I, I do um, peer-to-peer investing through, um, prosper.com there's another one called peerstreet.com which is peer-to-peer real estate funding um where it's backed by the asset of the real estate so it's pretty cool if they default on loan like 
they still have the asset as opposed to prosper where if they default, there's nothing. Um, and then I started doing a little bit of, I backed some hard money lenders. Um, so, you know, we want to be getting at least 5% um, on our savings, which isn't all that hard right now because you can get, you can get 3% on a CD and with yeah. more, uh, speculative things, you know, like betterment.com is another good one. Betterment is kind of like algorithmic um, stock investing. And I've been getting over 10% returns with these things. So if you kind of put, you know, you can put 10% or whatever of your savings towards these kind of high risk things like Prosper, Betterment, whatever. And then you can put, I don't know, 50% uh, towards CDs you know, you're going to average out to a good 5% return. At least I would imagine. Yeah. But the problem though is people that are listening that like the idea of this, you can't do any of this. If you don't get ever get started, like the best time to get started is now. They're probably thinking, yeah, I I would imagine like, they're probably like, yeah, this guy is, has all this money or whatever. And he's investing in these different things. But yeah, I mean, it's a gradual process. You know, you have to, the first thing is you have to have a confidence and a belief in yourself. You said like, are people made differently? It's like, I guess I am made differently because I believe that I was entitled to live a good life. Um, and then I eventually built up these things over time. And of course, you know, like people aren't going to have millions of dollars to invest in, in betterment like right away. But um Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, you just had to take it one day at a time. Yeah. And you know what? It wasn't tore down in a day either. <laughs> so that's very important yeah. to always remember yeah. too. But you know, one thing that's like always motivated me is a little bit of fear because my ultimate fear is one day we're going to have, I mean, it, it's, it's going to happen. One day we're going to have another recession and mm-hmm. the, and you know, the whole thing of job security is a dead concept in this day and age because of AI and automation. And it's just a matter of whether you, which side of that fence you want to be on. Do you want to be an employee getting a paycheck from somebody else? Or do you want to be making your own paychecks? I agree. I'm glad that I'm glad that you mentioned that. Cause like so many people have talked about, Oh, I retire with like a gold watch and a pension. All that's gone. You know, AI is going to change stuff cryptocurrency could be changing stuff like i'm a big believer in cryptocurrency myself imagine this scenario imagine that people start transacting in cryptocurrency then the government what are they going to do for their taxes you know like are you going to charge six percent sales tax when i'm doing a cryptocurrency transaction how are they even going to know you know so cryptocurrency could radically change um like the entire economy it could change the government you, you have to protect yourself somehow. You have to be, if you're just invested in fiat, you know, like you could wind up losing some money. Um, yeah, you have to protect yourself on, on all fronts. There's going to be something that's going to happen that's going to disrupt every bit of it. It's on its way and no one knows what it is yet. Because I'm telling you, you know, my mindset of it is, you know, Webster's Dictionary didn't see fucking Wikipedia coming. Mm-hmm. you know and yeah. something's going to happen something's going to happen and it could just be a, a, a different system that's just going to destroy the job market 
it could be gradual as well. You know, it could be um, like eventually, you know, like cars become self-driving and then 5 million people are out of a job. And then, you know, these auditors aren't needed. Um, it, no, not auditors, like um, underwriters. It, yeah. They're talking about like, like doing all this accounting stuff with AI too. And then you have a couple million people out of a job and then you have 7 million people out of a job. Um, and same thing, same thing everything. with that, that affects everything. Yeah, yeah. That even affects my rental business because people can't afford rental properties if they can't, you know, pay the bills. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I do wonder what the future of work is going to be. Um, there was this black mirror episode where they're talking about like social credits. China also did like, um, some kind of social credit system recently. Was that, was I that can't help but want. Uh, was that the one with uh, the Bryce Dallas Howard from the Jurassic Yeah, Park? yeah, I love that. That, that yeah. was horrifying, horrifying. Episode. I know, I know, it, and I can't help but wonder if the future is somehow going to look a little bit more like that. You know, where people are um, exchanging these things for credits. You know, where it becomes more of a service-based economy. Um. That, I don't know it, if people are providing new services for each other in the future um, it's definitely not going to be the same <sighs> it, it's, it's scary but it's kind of exhilarating at the same time because anytime there's change there's also opportunity yeah I, I also look, you know, I, I try and I go back and forth. I'm like, oh, how much money do you need? You don't need this much money, Josh. Like, but then I think, what if there's a big medical breakthrough? You know, like, and only a certain number of people will get it. So, in that case, I do want money, <laughs> so that I, yeah. I can live longer. Yeah, I mean, my goal is to never die. So, <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. Um. So I'd like to go ahead and wrap this up because um, I got to pick up one of my daughters from preschool. But, um, you know, if you could give one piece of advice to people that are interested in starting their own business, where what, what would it be, Josh? Wow. I would say just really think on it, like think on what kind of life you want. Um, you don't necessarily have to make the most money. You can you know, you can have good work-life balance, but then think, really think about what you want and then give yourself permission to do it. That's now, what it. Do you, mean you know, by, like, what do you mean by permission to give yourself to do it? I mean, have you ever heard someone say, oh, like you're watching a stand-up comic. Oh man, that's such a funny joke. I had that same idea in my mind, you know, a few months ago. Well, you had the idea in your mind, but you didn't do it as a stand-up act. Or, I oh, I had an idea for this great business. Oh, man, like I wanted food deliveries by drones. I had that idea, but you didn't actually take the step to do it. So just believe that you can do it. Um, it, it you know, it, maybe you didn't experience this, but like I experienced like who am I to sell on Amazon? Who am I to you know, run a big company, eventually just decide that you are the person that can do that um, and then do it. And then that's all the, the permission that you need. It's like, there's just one lock in front of you. 
And once you unlock that one door, everything else is open. You, yeah. you never need to unlock it again. Because anything's possible if you're willing to work for it. Yeah, work like I mean, believe in yourself, then work for it. So, what's next for Josh Bolton? I got ideas. Um, most of it's going to be reading, like relaxing on our new property. You know, we're we're going to get some goats and all that kind of stuff. Um, dude, I want to travel, spend time with my kids. I have four kids. We're going to Puerto Rico. We're going to New York, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then hopefully charity, you know, like I have, I'm a big believer in limited government. I want to, you know, do some limited government type stuff. Um, hey, I'm I right have an idea. I'm a hard yeah. <laughs> Oh, cool. Me too. Um, yeah. And I had an idea for like something in Africa that I wanted to do. Africa is a huge continent. It's 1.2 billion people. It's the second most populous continent. Um, We'll see if I ever do anything, but, I, you know, I'm done with the money pursuing part of my life. and I want to get back to um, charity and art. Yeah. Isn't, isn't yeah. it unusual that once you, because, you know, whenever I left my career of 10 years and to pursue my entrepreneurial endeavors, I found that it, I was able to re-explore some passions that I had to put on the on the shelf for a long time, like music and things like that. <laughs> yeah, just be afraid to back full circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I left I left the arts to get into business to get back into the arts. Yeah. Well, man, I, I've wrapping this up. I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, to to talk to us all um, and and tell us some of the things that a lot of people probably didn't have an understanding of and also give people some encouragement to pursue entrepreneurial endeavors if that's the path that they're interested in going down. Yeah. Uh, well, anytime, you know, I'm open to another one too. And, you know, thank you to you and your audience. Like I have a, a feeling that your audience is, you know, they're probably customers of proven peptides, a lot of them. And, you know, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks.